Live from the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, John. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello. And why don't we start with something we talked about just before we went on the air, and that's Tesla's uh, decision to open or to build a a new factory in Austin, Texas, or at least in the greater Austin area. Certainly not a big surprise there. No, it isn't. Uh, I've been reading about it, and apparently uh, they already had an office there because they hired a bunch of ADM uh, chip engineers, and ADM has their headquarters in Austin. And my guess is this, you know, this group of engineers just didn't want to move to California, so they just off, you know, opened an office for them there to um, design the, the chip that they now use in all their cars uh, for their autopilot uh, software and the, and the controller for the cars. Uh, it's called um, my car is was built in 2018 and I have a model 3 and it was uh, before the new chip came in so I have what they call hardware 2.5 which is a bunch of cameras and and the latest processor at the time but now all the cars are built with this one processor which is supposedly a hundred times faster than the old processor uh, and it was designed in-house it's not built by them but it was designed in-house to their own specifications and what the problem that makes for the, the competition is they are going to have a very hard time reverse engineering the chip itself because it's not that easy just to you know look at it and see it, what it all does because they don't have the specifications. So uh, there's the chip, and now we're going to have the uh, cyber uh, truck factory. And he also says, I mean, this is a very I don't know how this is going to happen. Not only have they not exactly said where that where it's going to be, but there's like two or three options that they've been given. Um, he wants the factory open, uh, even though it's going to be building. It's still in, in build, uh, still in construction by the end of this year, uh, cranking out Model Y cars. And uh, he wants the Cybertruck to be in production by the end of 2021. Which they, I mean, which is good for them because you know they, they have so many order, they, orders. They have over five hundred thousand orders. Well, he's certainly made a lot of headlines this week in the Golden State because uh, of his battles over being able to have his plant up in Fremont open, and right. uh, you know, and a lot of people have uh, supposed that because of uh, the tax advantages to being elsewhere than California, that he would be headed to the middle of the country. Joe Wallace earlier uh, on Saturday morning uh, today said uh, on uh, Time to Prosper that he thought that uh, that this was largely uh, a decision that was not only based out of the fact that the largest truck uh, market in the country is the San Antonio, Texas area, which is not far from Austin, but also because of the fact that the um, – the taxes that he, uh, as uh, wealthy as he is, that he would pay uh, and the money that he would save would be tremendous by going to a place like Texas where there's no income tax. Uh, that's that's correct. I mean, they, the other choice would have been Nevada or something like that. But uh, he was looking for something, as we said, in the middle of the country. Texas made perfect sense because it's pickup truck country. Um, you know, they sell so many of them there. I, I think Texas itself is the largest pickup truck market in the in the United States yeah. by far. You know, yep. there's tons and tons sold there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Tesla moved their headquarters there just so that he could be there. Uh, it would still make it difficult for him because he has 
you know, he has SpaceX over down here in Southern California. Uh, he, they, uh, SpaceX also has operations in Texas and Florida, though. So that, again, not a surprise that it, that could happen. Uh, and um, the battery factory in Nevada is still going to be cranking out batteries as fast as possible uh, for their cars. So all, all that is in, in, you know, in play. But Nevada was not in the middle of the country and Texas is. And so th- th- this is this is, I think, much better than Joplin, Missouri or something like that. This is a good the, the good area for them. Right. Or BFE, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, good old Oklahoma. Uh, the uh, whole Fremont startup, though, you know, it was uh, they'd been given the green light by uh, by Newsom because, it, believe it or not, that what what isn't in the press is they have a very detailed plan on how to social distance because they've been through this in China at their plant there. So they have a little bit of experience in dealing with the, with the COVID-19 issue. Um, so they're following their playbook from China, which is, you know, temperature every, you know, when you come in during the day, you know, everybody gets masks and, you know, that are changed, you know, once or twice a day, uh, you know, there's hand washing stations and there's, you know, there's distance between each station and the factory and they have, you know, they put up like plexiglass between those people. So, I mean, they, they are taking precautions and, um, you know, which doesn't get as much publicity, you know, public publicity as his fight with uh, Alameda County because uh, it's the county health officer who is an acting health officer, not even the you know one with a full job uh, who you know wouldn't let them open. Uh, but he went ahead and opened anyway, and they're not going to try to stop him because I don't think they want to make him into a martyr. And it's already tenuous with him you know, threatening to leave California. I don't think he's going to leave California. I think Fremont will be still going at full force because it's the only factory they have. Um, so I, I think that's going to stay there. Uh, but I think headquarters may move. Yeah. Uh, tech, I mean, Toyota did it to us a few years ago, if you remember. Uh, they they left Southern California as well. Honda's still here, and uh, Kia, Hyundai, and stuff are still here. But um, uh, te- Toyota moved to to um, to Texas. Texas. Yeah, yeah, uh, near the, I think the San Antonio area. And before them, Nissan moved their headquarters to Nashville or just outside Nashville, something like Franklin or whatever, because that's where their their biggest North American plant is. So, you know, cheaper labor, cheaper land, cheaper, all those kinds of things. And so that's where they are. So they're moving out of California because it, 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 things are expensive here, apparently, <clears throat> which it, it is true. So that, that that's one of the big issues that, that's, that's today. Uh, let's go something lighter is that uh, after 11 seasons and seasons and more than 80 episodes, it looks like Jerry Seinfeld's um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee is finally ending. Uh, during a press conference to discuss his new Netflix special, Jerry Seinfeld, 23 Hours to Kill, Seinfeld said that he feels like there's nothing left to achieve with Comedians in Cars, and the show is unlikely to return for a 12th season. Uh, but they're still going to have 11 seasons for you to binge on Netflix when you're bored, hmm. which, is a, which, which is a lot. I mean, they started on Crackle. Did you ever hear of Crackle? I, one of these platforms I think i did yeah i mean i think larry king is on crackle but you know no, no one really uses crackle and of course netflix is now from all accounts you know circling cbs viacom cbs and it's likely that they're going to make a, an, an offer for the company so um and what they'll do is they'll buy they'll buy the um uh, 
but they'll buy the Paramount uh, studio. They'll buy the par- – because they need the production facilities and they need the studio facilities. Uh, and they'll probably keep that. They'll keep the library and they'll probably buy most of the CBS Entertainment Library and then let uh, CBS keep uh, the, the uh, stations, you know, the TV stations and the uh, Simon & Schuster, which nobody wants to buy anyway. Hmm. So, you know – I'm it's, sorry. Did you say that Larry King is on crack? Crackle. Oh, okay. He's still alive, I think. He is. Yeah. I just thought maybe he'd switched what he puts on his bagel every morning. <laughs> no, I don't, don't know what it is, but <clears throat> I understand they are reopening Nate and Al's deli in here in Los Angeles. So still for takeout, but uh, they're reopening it. They That's closed good. and uh, they're opening it. So that will give Larry, you know, some happy news. Uh, Mazda was particularly hit by the pandemic slowdown because it's much smaller than Toyota, Honda, or Nissan, and therefore it's less able to weather the storm. Mazda has asked its Japanese banks for a $2.88 billion loan to tide it over. I can't remember the last time a Japanese car uh, car company went bankrupt. I don't, you know, it's just I can't remember any. They all survived the Great Recession. Subaru, a smaller company, has been flourishing. They've had, you know, sales goal, you know, sales record after sales record for year after year after year because they're making SUVs, and that's the sweet spot of the market. So they were right there when, you know, everybody shifted from sedans and and stuff uh, and coupes and things like that to uh, to uh, SUVs. So Subaru's smaller, but they've been able to weather the storm fairly well. Uh, but uh, Mazda has not been able to do it. They don't have um, they don't they don't have very much uh, footprint, very much outside the U.S. and Japan and Europe. They have uh, you know like Southeast Asia. There's only small operations, you know, like uh, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Thailand. They don't have very big operations there. They have small small things in if, if anything in India, Russia, and Africa. So um, they they are gonna they may have to go to Toyota for a lifeline if they can't get it elsewhere. And Toyota would give it to them because it's a Japanese company and they would never let it go bankrupt. It's a matter of national pride. Oh, my. Which I don't think we have that here, but it, but that it's, it's a big deal there. So Well, we kind of did with uh, the way we bailed out, you know, Chrysler years ago and then Ford and GM. and Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we 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 did. I think because they were so afraid of the the, the loss of jobs and yep. the loss of manufacturing capacity, which we have very little of. So, um, yeah, I, I don't doubt that. Uh, we're going to be doing big sections on Bring a Trailer later in, in the show, but I just I found this. Uh, apparently, the auto magazines are now following Bring a Trailer. So I see articles from all the various magazines about what's for sale on Bring a Trailer. And they report regularly now on auctions from Bring a Trailer, interestingly enough. Um, and one that I thought was interesting is that they um, they, uh, they they followed one. It was a new, a brand new uh, 2020 Corvette Stingray Coupe. So it's the new one with the mid-engine. It had eight miles on the odometer, and it was equipped with this, you know, the top L. 3LT uh, option package and the Z51, which is the sports package and 19-inch front wheels and 20-inch rear wheels and Trident optional wheels with red painted brake, blah, blah, blah. It had the And it also had the front lift uh, capacity and magnetic ride control. Front lift is important for a car like that because you can if you can lift it up a few inches, it, it goes over, um, you know, uh, driveway lips much better. So good to have that. Well, it went on sale on Bring a Trailer. The actual uh, MSRP is 
83,725 and it and it sold for $96,075. What? Uh, which it yeah, which includes the, the – the, well, you, you know something? If you were to go to a Corvette dealer – I mean to a Chevy dealer right now and, and try to get a Corvette, you couldn't get it. They're all sold out for the year. Um, and you know, even if you ordered it, you probably wouldn't get it until sometime in 2021. Uh, and the ones that are on dealer lots, you know, the dealers are doing their regular gouging routine where they're you know, like trying to add $100,000 or $50,000 to the price of the car. Yeah. So paying a you know a ten or twelve thousand dollar premium at bring a trailer for you know a, essentially a brand new uh, Corvette Stingray with all the desirable option packages on it, I guess wasn't such a bad deal for whoever bought it because if they wanted it, they could have it. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, and it's only money, and you know, we, right. this is a you know we are in a recession. Apparently, that does not stop people who have money. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, people who don't who don't have money uh, don't buy cars. Uh, so we'll see. All right, uh, you're listening to Todd Bianco with John McMullen. This is all revved up on iHub Radio. We've got lots more news when we come back. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome <clears throat> welcome back. Um, I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. And last week, I talked about Hertz and the fact that they may you know, tip into bankruptcy. And it's, a, it's concerning a lot of people. And I've been reading this article that says that uh, the retail giant Hertz has been attempting to avoid bankruptcy in recent weeks, uh, sparked by obviously the drop in airline and other travel due to the coronavirus. Um, among the companies that stand to lose big in, is in this domino effect are the automakers. Which, um, Bloomberg reported that Hertz has canceled 90% of its new car orders for 2020, which will in turn hurt the automakers' fleet sales for the rest of the year. Uh, General Motors has been the single business biggest supplier for Hertz. Um, over the last, they sold them 567,000 cars. Um, in the U.S., uh, GM is which is making up 20. Per, one percent of its sales, uh, spanning over several brands. Uh, Fiat Chrysler has been second biggest supplier, contributing eighteen percent of its de- domestic fleet, and Ford in the third spot, contributing twelve percent. While Kia uh, accounted for ten percent, um, Toyota, Nissan, and Hyundai uh, were nine, seven, and five percent respectively. So, of course, the retail giant is um, is 
you know, even though their fleet is in constant rotation. Uh, so it's not like just one, you know, GM is not going to take a hit of 567,000 cars just for this. They generally keep the cars for 18 months. Seems like it's longer, but uh, they say that their their international fleet is 204,000 vehicles is usually only kept for 12 months. But overall, the fleet sales tend to account for approximately 20% of the Detroit automaker sales. Um, for its two most significant uh, fleet suppliers, uh, GM and FCA, it uh, adds up to approximately 100,000 vehicles sold to Hertz each year uh, by the automaker over a time you know, period lasting for about 18 months. In recent weeks, General Motors has even taken back cars that were headed to Hertz. <laughs> so they, they wouldn't even take delivery. Wow. Uh, so, so um, rental car industry, uh, you know, the rental car industry crisis, of course, goes beyond Hertz. Avis sold 35,000 of its cars in March and has canceled 80% of its new car orders through the end of the year. Uh, Avis has seen, seen an 8% de- decrease in revenue in the first quarter, but it's going to get probably much harder hit set, set in the second quarter. And it's moved aggressively to cut costs and downsize uh, in response to the drop in travel. Uh, said so that you know the quote from them is that we quickly responded to remove costs and perspective look and preserve liquidity. Um, at the end of April, they achieved a two billion dollar annualized cost re- removal cost removal action, including reductions in employees, significantly smaller vehicle fleets, and elimination of all non-essential capital and operating expenses. So they're going to remain vigilant. But Hertz not, is not alone in this. There's a you know, there's, there's there's all sorts of other. We don't know what's happening to enterprise because they're uh, privately held, but they're all going to be in this in this you know in the same problem together with this. And you know, it's going the, the ripple effect is going to or domino whatever you want to call it is going to hit you know just about everybody. Uh, but uh, I don't know anybody who's traveling for pleasure these days. Uh, do you, John? Um. Not really, no. I I know a lot of people who want to, but everybody's right. staying close to home. But you know, the ones that the ones that I talked that were going to go somewhere, most of them were going to drive themselves. They weren't going to rent a car. They weren't going to fly somewhere. Um, you know, they, I heard people talking about driving to Santa Barbara or driving out to you know Phoenix, that kind of thing. Uh, but I haven't heard of anybody actually wanting to get on an airplane. So that's a uh, I can understand that at this point. Well, and if you look here around Palm Springs International Airport, still uh, out on the south and southwest corners of, of off the runway and across the street from our uh, studios over here on Alejo, uh, there are still gazillions of rental cars that were dropped early and, and have no place to go. Well, yeah, I, I've seen them there. It, it's really, it's really pretty bad. And then, of course, there, there, there's the conundrum that you know, if they start to to liquidate their fleet, it will also depress the price of all used cars, which will in turn depress the prices they can get for the fleet. You know, it's like a circular thing that keeps going. The only good thing that I could find in, in the articles I was reading is uh, that guess who owns 39% of of Hertz? Carl Icahn. Oh. Oh, and if you don't know who he is, he's a—he's one of these. Uh, I would call him the vulture capitalist. Is yep. that about right? Yes, that's you know, he basically correct. picks things apart and destroys things. That's what he does. And I would be just so hard. Set a history of doing that with the airlines too. Yes, he did. I think TWA, TWA was, his first was kill. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's—he's he's really had a, a long history with that. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so he holds a 39% equity share in it. And I do not feel sorry for him if he loses any money. I feel sorry for the employees and I feel sorry for the people who are hit by the ripple effect. I don't feel sorry for him. He'll have, still have billions that he doesn't know what to do with anyway. So I, I'm not going to worry about it. And if Hearst is allowed to to refinance and get more debt, it'll you know carry one of those you know junk bond uh, ratings, very high interest rates, which they could eventually def- default on anyway. Yeah. And then what do they default on? They default on the, you know, the cars are their, are their, are their, uh, you know, their, their backup for that. They're, you know, so uh, bad news all around when it comes to the bankruptcies of these companies. You're listening to Todd Bianco with John McBowen. This is all wrapped up on iHeart Radio. We'll be right back. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMillan. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. I have a fun article I thought I'd start this this segment with. Angry trucker drives over his boss's Ferrari (laughs) GTC4 Lusso in Chicago after a disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is from Car Scoops, which I thought was fun. It's carscoops.com. It says, uh, we were told the truck driver was hired by the hauling company just four days prior to the incident, during which time he only did one load as he was not deemed fit or stable for the job. So let's see what happens. He says, um, our source clarified that the driver was mainly mad because he did not get a 2020 truck and he got a 2019 truck and it was not good enough for him. So the company allegedly decided to part ways with the driver in a civilized manner with no arguments or heated words, uh, with all of all this happening in front of witnesses after compensating him. While he repeatedly asked to stay at work, stay in work, the owner's mind had, was made up to terminate their cooperation. Uh, before he left the company's in premises, uh, he asked the owner, is this your Ferrari parked here? And the owner said, well, yes, it is. And then the reply is, now you'll see what happens when you F with me. He he started running towards the truck, jumped in, started and started spinning wheels like a crazy person. Owner ran after him, tried to stop him, and he shut the door on his, shut the door in his hand, almost causing him to fall under the truck. Uh, after he slammed into the car once, which is the Ferrari, he hit it once. He stopped and then continued until he was on top of it with the truck. Oh, my. <laughs> At that point, the owner of the damaged Ferrari and the transportation company called the police. So the Chicago PD arrested the man and they are filing charges against him. <laughs> I would hope so. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty unbelievable incident. But they do have pictures of it that were posted on social media, of course. Um, How's that Ferrari looking? Uh, it's over. 
the fry was backed into a sort of like a corner parking space. Uh, and so the truck driver hit it. He hit it straight into the front of the car. And, you know, the, the engine's in the front of the car. And it's, you know, it's, it's over for the car. What is that knucklehead <laughs> thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Well, they said they didn't think he was stable enough for the job. So there was something, you know, obviously there was some sort of problem there. Apparently they you were know, right in their diagnosis. Well, apparently so, uh, you know, so I don't know, but there's been different accounts of this thing. And, and, uh, you know, so the, the, you know, the driver, so here's another way, here's another version of it. The driver was promised a 2020 truck, but he was not producing enough to get a 2020 truck, a 2020 truck. So he was denied the new truck. He got mad and slammed the truck on the owner's car out of anger. Uh, they've seen the video. It's actually, I guess, cause it was caught on security cam. Uh, and so I guess the, the, the Chicago police have it. Um, they agreed. Let's see. What does it say? They 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 agreed when the tri- the driver came in sh- in in Chicago to start driving a new truck. They offered him a 2019 Volvo with up 50,000 miles, and he refused to drive the 2019 Volvo, asking for the 2021 model. And he started yelling at everybody after a couple of minutes and drove the truck into the owner's car. Uh, <laughs> so the Ferrari is worth about two or three hundred thousand dollars, depending on you know the condition and things like that. So apparently it's it's over for that particular car. <laughs> And for that employee. Uh, yeah, I think he's done. I think, you know, uh, because, you know, the damage is obviously, you know, a significant amount. And, and uh, uh, he could have hurt the person by slamming the, you know, his, his, you know, his hand in the door and almost running him over. You know, right. all those kinds of things. There's a, so there's an assault and those are, you know, all those other kinds of, of fun charges that I'm sure will get piled up on that. No uh, doubt. Such is life. The... The uh, next article I have is that uh, the experts say Tesla has turned the corner on quality. So um, uh, credit is due to uh, Sandy Monroe. He's the guy I told you about who does these videos where he tears cars apart, you know, every little bit and piece of it to analyze whether they're, you know, making it in a cost effective manner. And and he gives, you know, he, he puts together these booklets on these cars that he tears apart that are hundreds or thousands of pages long that he sells to other manufacturers who then read it, you know, trying to figure out what, what they did, you know, like, like a reverse engineer plus how they can do better with their cars. So. So uh, he says that uh, let's see. He credits a culture of innovation and deep bench and a deep bench of some of America's best engineers. Uh, let's see uh, that who uh, watched Tesla. He watched Tesla grow from a, a with a critical eye. He says the automaker's investment in top talent uh, from the Detroit and Na- from Detroit and from NASA during the Great Recession has paid dividends. Quote: They have good people. They've had good people for a long time. Uh, Tesla, uh, see, uh, te- uh, they, Tesla uh, CEO Elon Musk hired the cream of the crop and brought them to California and listened to what they had to say. That's a that's a novel thought. Under the skin was uh, you know was done really well, and by these geniuses they picked up from NASA and Detroit area. They don't have Silicon Valley guys. They have cherry picked the world. That's nice. So now the skin is getting, uh, you know, the skin is getting attention too. His one thing that he didn't like about the new Tesla Model Y was he didn't think the paint was very good. He says, quote, flaws we would see on a Kia in the 90s and pointed to reference to cheap quality Korean uh, cars for that time period. But after taking apart uh, the, uh, the Model Y, uh, his tune changed. He says it's a well-designed car, uh, and uh, it's so much better than the Model Three. There's no comparison to fit and finish. They are miles apart. So, 
it's now it's not the best. He would give it a seven to seven and a half, whereas he compares it to a Bentley, which he would give that a nine to a nine point five as far as, you know, the quality of putting it together. But you're also paying, you know, a lot more money for a Bentley. I, I think that's significantly more, even if you were to buy the top of the line Model S or Model X. They're only like $120,000 compared to a Bentley, which is easily $250,000 or more. So it is. And um, Consumer Reports liked it too. And so far, they've they've been giving a good rating. So there's a good thing for, for Tesla in that respect with the Model Y. So um, you can go online and see uh, Sandy Marano's video. He's got 37 or 38 videos up right now of his teardown of the Model Y. They're not that long. They're between... Oh, five and ten minutes long each, maybe a little bit longer. But uh, you know, he he will go down through everything and and uh, give his uh, opinion of it. He's most impressed with the state of the art electronics and the electric motors, which uh, largely unchanged for the Model Three. But he says that they are generations ahead of the industry, uh, and they uh, and he's gone through everything in a very meticulous uh, manner. Among the advances was uh, consistent riveting, uh, modular door construction, and a trunk aluminum casting, efficient manufacturing processes. So uh, when he saw the Model 3, he thought it was a mess and he thought they really cleaned it up for Model Y. And what he says is, is that they're they're making all these changes on the fly. In other words, they, they've probably made a lot of these changes already for Model 3. They just don't tell anybody. Uh, you know, they just, you know, they make a change. They just do it. Uh, they, Tesla doesn't really uh, go by model years. They don't do changes that often. And what they do is changes under the skin. So, um Pretty good stuff then. I mean, at least it gives them props for that. They still don't like the paint, though. I've had no problems with the paint on my car. So Which it must not be all problem. cars, and it could be the early build of the of the, of the car because he got an early build of, of that. What kind, of, what a, kind of problem? Uh, he says that, you know, you could see, like, there's swirl marks and there's little, you know, like like droplets or something like that that, that, uh, that, that are there, uh, you know. He just didn't like it. You know, he thought it just didn't look that good, and he didn't. You know, it wasn't as even as he thought it should be. Even though, like I said, I think it, it mine looks just fine. I don't see any problems with it. But uh, he didn't like the paint on that one, and he has a bunch of suggestions for Tesla whether they'll listen to it or not. He thinks they will because he knows that they're building the new factory in Berlin, and Elon has mentioned there that uh, the Berlin factory will have state-of-the-art paint facilities. And he thinks what's happening at, at the Fremont plant is that they're using. The facility, even though it's got new equipment and stuff in it, but it's probably the same facility that was used by Toyota and GM when they were there, you know, a couple of decades ago. So he thinks that they need to just tear the whole thing out and rebuild a new one, hmm. which may which may happen. But uh, that's that's uh, that that's his opinion, and he's the guy. I've seen him flip through his booklets, though. It's it's really stunning. I mean, he has pictures. He has you know page by page by page of every little part of the car, you know, how every piece of the seat is made, how every piece of the door is made. Uh, and he's now got a whole bunch of people analyzing the electronics because he has no idea what they did. And even the people who are analyzing electronics have no clue yet. So they have to really, you know, be careful about what they're doing so they don't, you know, it's already ruined car, but I mean, you know, they're trying to figure out how it works. And so they, they need to like really work with the, you know, the, these circuit boards and try to figure out what's going on. So interesting stuff there. Um, let's see. There's a, are you, if you're thinking about buying a plug-in hybrid, Hyundai has a deal for you. The 2019 Sonata plug-in hybrid is being discontinued, uh, but Hyundai is dealing with the ones that are left on dealer lots, which apparently there are. So they've cut the monthly lease rate by $60 a month. So you're, there's, 
and the amount due at signing $400. So $400 due at signing and $229 a month plus tax for 36 months with $2,500 down. Uh, that Sonata offers the most affordable lease of any plug-in hybrid. It should be easy to find a Sonata plug-in in California uh, because that's where most of them were located to begin with. The car is rated at 99 MPGE or a combined uh, highway city number of 39 MPG. Um, it has an all-electric range of 28 miles. And depending on how you use it every day, you might be able to get a, most of your miles in on electricity. You know, you go home, plug it in, and use it the next day. But 28 isn't a lot because obviously, you know, if you go past 28, the, the, the gasoline engine kicks in and, and you go the rest of the way. So it's not, it's not like a regular plug-in electric car. But it's a pretty good deal at 229 a month. Yeah, there aren't, there, there aren't that many good deals like that yeah. out there. <clears throat> the European Commission is a governmental body that is tasked with the approving with approving the uh, FCA PSA merger. So that's uh, Fiat Chrysler and Peugeot Citroen uh, SA. Uh, that's a 50/50 merger between equals, and both companies are you know plummeting in value. So I guess that shouldn't really matter. Uh, you know they're they're they all took a hit with the, with the uh, the COVID-19 thing. But last Friday, both companies confirmed to the commission that they are on track to complete the combi- the combination by the end of 2020 or very early 20. 2021, despite the challenges of the pandemic, uh, the European Commission could uh, could approve the deal or could open a four month long investigation into the merger that would bring a slew of brands under the one umbrella, which would include Jeep, Ram, Dodge, Chrysler, Fiat, Peugeot, Citroen, Opel and Vauxhall. Uh, The combined company would be the fourth largest in the world and it would be domiciled in the Netherlands, of course, for tax purposes. They don't have to pay any Uh, companies have yet to uh, they don't have a new name for it yet. So. I don't know if they're taking, um, you know, taking uh, any suggestions, but I don't have one yet. I'll have to think of one. Um, Twenty years ago, the Prius was introduced to the United States. It was uh, introduced in the year 2000 as a 2021 model, and so I mean, as, as a, in the year 2000 as a 2001 model, and they've got a new one for 2021 is the Prius. Uh, 2020 edition, to be clear, and basically it just has a few more bells and whistles on it uh, than, than the than the you know the, the the most the top of the line Prius, but it has you know a heated driver's seat and you know heated steering wheel, rear windshield wiper, wireless charging, smart key, all those various things, and it gets Android Auto and Apple CarPlay standard as well. Some other car companies should consider doing that. Uh, you're listening to Todd Bianco and John McBowen. This is all wrapped up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. Weather, truth, and fun. We're iHub Radio, homegrown in the Coachella Valley. For the love of cars, this is All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. 
Well, there's a big rush for everybody to get back to work. You've heard about this, right? It, but it's Once all over the world. It's not just the United States. Um, car makers are kind of happy. It's, it's sort of a, a mixed bag with that. Um, Volkswagen has hit a wall that it's German production lines. It says that it just isn't getting the demand, obviously, that it used to get, but not so for its sister company, Bentley. Bentley can't get them out fast enough. And why is that? It's because the Chinese market is just desperate for more expensive cars. So uh, the, the production lines in the UK are, are revving back up and they are going to send as many cars as they can to China. Uh, here in the United States, uh, Tesla's uh, working very hard to get to the, the Model Y out. We mentioned that earlier uh, because that's going to be their biggest selling car and be their, you know, uh, it'll be their biggest uh, revenue generator and profit generator. Uh, then, but in, in a couple last week, I think I talked about the, uh, the the appetite we have in the United States for big pickup trucks. Uh, the Detroit Three are all going back to work sometime this month. Um, you know, within the next week or two, or the, some of them have already started bringing some people back. And the first thing they're going to do is crank out orders for huge pickup trucks. The bigger, the better, and the more expensive, the better, and the more options, the better, because that's what people are buying. It sounds reasonable at a time when people might want to conserve. Nah, nah, why do that? 84 months, uh, zero interest financing, it makes that payment look good. Except, you know, when you want to get rid of it in month 50 or 60, (laughs) you will far more than, you know, far more than it's worth. It's a problem. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, earlier I talked about Carl Icahn, you know, he's such a wonderful human being and uh, he's sort of a vulture capitalist. Well, they're the vulture capitalists, which are they call themselves venture capitalists, are lining up now for a post pandemic auto industry. So um, some investors uh, are you know, looking to hedge their bets in various ways. Uh, This particular company that I read about is Autotech Ventures, LLC, a Silicon Valley based company. Uh, they had investments in Lyft. That might be worth less. Uh, DeepScale, which was acquired by Tesla. Uh, Exanor AI, which was acquired by Apple. Uh, now they're trying to pandemic-proof its portfolio as it prepares to deploy $150 million in funding uh, this week. Uh, we caught up with the, the managing director, and this is what he had to say. Um, certain industries are, going, are getting hit by COVID-19, and we have a pretty representative portfolio. Pretty much everything that requires public transportation, we have no clue uh, how or when it's going to, to recover. So they don't know how that's going to recover. Um, their companies are in logistics, which is a big deal still, uh, especially related to last mile delivery, which what that means is from the dealer to the customer and how to do smart warehousing. So what they're doing is they're, uh, they're observing it, that what's happening right now. For example, instead of going to a grocery sh- store, people are ordering online and it's being delivered like with Instacart. And they're looking at these kinds of, of, of companies. So they have one called uh, Spot Hero for parking uh, cars. Uh, they, it looks for a spot for you, so you don't have to look very very long. And Clean Now, which does custom clearance automation. So that means it's getting rid of your inventory, but it's all done with the you know it's basically AI software how to get rid of it for the most uh, and as quick as possible. Uh, so they are. Uh, let's see what else are they doing? Uh, they're they're looking how to get humans out of the loop. <laughs> 
This is what uh, the Digital Motors does when they allow you to purchase vehicles uh, like you purchase a Tesla. So everyone's going back to that model. Uh, you go online, click, 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 and it's done. Um, they have another company called Fixico, which is doing that kind of uh, the same thing that they're replacing human appraisers now. So they don't even have to, you know, you just send pictures to the to the uh, the robot, and the robot gives you an appraisal for the car. That's kind of crazy. So <laughs> that's a new one, um, but uh, yeah. So it's it's they're they're that's what they're looking for, and they're looking for anybody that's in those kinds of markets uh, that they can pick up for basically a song and a dance, and that's what they are doing. And so they're looking to swoop to any company they think is sort of you know right now uh, that's been difficult and last mile. You know they were even looking for robots that will deliver cars. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it may get there someday when you know the 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 the, uh, the, the uh, transport drives up and it's driverless, and you know you you unlock something with your iPhone or something, and it, then it unloads the car, you know, right there. Yeah, in, I just in front don't want to be home. driving down the ten and look to the left up my uh, driver's side uh, window uh, and see Rosie the robot in the car next to me driving. That that could happen. Uh, but but you, if you're driving down 10, have you seen the Carvana Tower? They have the big like vending machine for cars. No, I've sort not of in, seen it's that. It's sort of in Ontario, sort of like halfway between L.A. and Palm Springs. But they have that. They have that out there too. So you just basically you buy it online, and then you can go and have it delivered right there from this vending machine. Basically, it's like you know six or seven stories, and you know it's got four sides to it, so it can hold quite a few cars. But uh, that that's what they're doing. So all of these car companies that are looking for those kinds of things, they think this is an opportunity for them. And uh, I think that the dealers themselves are learning that people don't really want to go to them. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, you know, even though I still think people need to go to dealers to do test drives, I'll, I'll, I'll do more on that later. But, you know, I, I'm afraid that people are buying um, cars that they've never test driven before. Right. And, and that bothers me because – you know, how do you know it's going to work for you? You don't I mean, until you drive it. You, right, but you I've bought never it bought in, a car you know, that in, I haven't in any test state. Driven. You buy it, you can't just return it. Yep. Especially if it's a new car. Sometimes when you're buying a used car, they'll give you like a, a week to return it. But if you're buying a new car, there's no returning it. There's no like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, we didn't like it, so we're taking it back. It's, it's over. It's one and done. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I get very nervous when i see people just you know click 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 and buying at least tesla gave you test drives in in the cars and there's you know it's either you liked it or you didn't but at least you got test drives that's why they have those stores all around i think they still have the one in palm desert uh in el paseo i think they do and then they have the service center over in cathedral city, cathedral city yeah. uh, on on perez yeah um so yeah the, so at least you have something to, to test but i'm really concerned that people are not doing that and i don't know how they're going to do it i mean maybe the robot can deliver the the car to you to test drive <laughs> you know <laughs> or or the, or the car will drive itself to you for the test drive and you know it, it, it geofences you so you can't go too far i don't know how that works but you know anything like that could happen but um it's it's just disconcerting that people are doing that and i don't want people to do that drive the car first All right, well, when we get back, we're going to talk a lot about the cars that are on Bring a Trailer and 
John's picks and my picks. We've got some interesting ones and I've got some other things to discuss about the, you know, how the prices are going on this particular website. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHealth Radio and we'll be right back. 